I'm Maria Menunos, and you're tuned in to AfterBuzz TV, the ESPN of TV talk. Now, let the buzz begin. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to this glorious Friday. I'm your host, Adam Carr. This is Horribly Hollywood Single, some of the worst dating stories told by some of the best guests in Hollywood. If you're just joining us, what do we do on this show? We talk about bad dates. Why? Because everybody has them. Even during a pandemic, people still have shitty dates that they want to talk about. And as long as they have those, I will be here listening to your crap. Ladies and gentlemen, I want to welcome a very special guest today. She is the Margarita Mama from Buenos Aires. She has done stand-up all over Los Angeles and the country. She's a relationship coach slash guru who is featured on Steve Harvey. She has an incredible book, Love at First Sex. Ladies and gentlemen, Grace Fraga. Grace, welcome to the show. Thank you. Wow, what an intro. I appreciate it. I tried to memorize it as best I could. I hope I hit all the important stuff, but uh, you're, you're a fantastic guest. Look at the breadth of work you have. It's great to have you. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate that. You're an awesome host. Uh, you know, right now I'm batting 10 for 10, but you know, it's the first 30 seconds. Give me, uh, give me 10 minutes, 15 minutes. I, you know, I just start slurring <laughs> my words, swearing at the wall. I start talking to myself like, hey, what's up? Um, so anyway, Grace, uh, how have you been doing first off during, you know, pandemic, quarantine, COVID-19? How are you? How's everything? Well, things are well. Um, I uh, started talking to myself in the mirror, insulting myself. Apparently, that's like a therapy. You know, it's a, you should try it. It You're works. Yeah, that's okay. how bored I am. But uh, it's been fine. You know, I kind of. It's so weird because I didn't know that I was a hermit. A little bit of a hermit. I have. Yes, like I have an inner hermit. So I'm kind of enjoying being in my apartment by myself and just talking to people on Zoom or you know, FaceTime. So it, it was, I think it's a nice break, uh, especially from dating. Yeah. Because, yeah, because you can't meet people in person, which completely changes everything because then you make out with the person and that just, it's, it can go downhill because it can just blur your judgment. Do you find that that helps that people can't get as physical or, or as intimate right away that they're spending more time now actually talking to each other and deciding if they want to be in the same room with that person? Or do you think that's not necessarily dating anymore or we're redefining all of that? What do you view it in COVID-19? Well, I think that out of this experience, people are going to either come out better people or worse people. But I think 90% are going to be, we're all going to be better people, um, including dating. Because I find, I, I'm talking to like, I shouldn't say, I hope they're not watching like three guys, right? I'm, I'm always <laughs> there. Goes my three guys. Let, it out. Let it out. Oh, who cares? Fuck it. So yeah, I'm talking to like three guys, like on a solid, wait, now four. Like the other one is, the fourth one is kind of like every couple of days, but the other ones are like every day, right? Mm -hmm. And um, And I find that, first of all, I get to know them better. Uh, on a more, you can say, spiritual level rather than just being in their presence and the physicality of everything gets in the way. Mm -hmm. So you, I get them to know better and also they get me to know better because guys usually like to rush things because um, they have one thing in mind usually. Not all of them, but you know, 99.99. can only go in one direction direction grace it's either up or down so it just depends i'd say on when you're catching them on you know the upswing or uh you know a ravenous rage i'm not sure totally well usually if if you go on a date you know you and you click it's going to be an upswing it's just right. yeah and downhill from there sometimes it's the upswing yeah. and the downhill <laughs> so yeah, so I think that, you know, the, the interesting thing was there's this experiment show called the, uh, was it the Love Box or something? No, what was it? That they love, so they pop, you know? Yeah. yeah, I can't remember the name of the show, but but I watched the whole thing. Was it Love at First Sight? No, yeah, wasn't it Love at First Sight on Netflix? They don't see each other, they talk, they do, they, they're allowed to touch certain things, but then they don't yeah. see each other until the very end. Yes. And That's as yeah, exactly. Yeah. So I feel like that's quarantine. It, it, there was, it was kind of like a prophetic show because yeah. that, that's what's happening. And you do get to know the person better. Um, you become more honest. I find like I'm more honest and I'm not um, not putting on a show, but not showing my best side. Um, it's like I'm showing the whole 
thing because I really don't give a shit. It's like I'm stuck in my house, you know? It's like, if you don't like me, I can't do anything about it anyway. So it's like, I don't care. So I think it's actually going to change dating a little bit if you were kind of talking to people during this quarantine. Mm -hmm. Uh, Because I feel like it's better to know the person and to wait to be a little physical with them. Yeah. Uh, you get to know them and then you decide you'll make uh, more informed decisions rather than just an impulse or an attraction. Yeah. Uh, which, you know, it gets in the way. I'm, I'm going to be honest. I can't, you know, some people can just go without phys- being physical for like a year or months. And it's kind of hard, you know, if you like somebody and you click. But yeah. at the same time, if you go too fast, then, you know, you discover things like, oops, they're married. Right? Yeah. Yeah. So in quarantine, like if they're married, uh, they it's not gonna happen. Experiences talking to a married man during quarantine who has the balls to try and talk to someone while they're married. Oh, they do. Oh, you have no idea. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. They don't care. A lot of women and men, you know, they do that. Um, so and they don't tell you, of course, because that's kind of like a deal breaker if you're looking for somebody, you know, not a married person. Yeah. So if you're talking to someone that's married during quarantine, right? Like. I'm in an apartment right now. I share it with my fiance. And uh, so they do they just talk to you when the other person isn't there? Do they talk to you in like the closet and it's kind of hushed tones at 1 a.m. And they're like, hey, I'm just trying to be quiet right now. Like I, I so did they tell you that they're married or did you figure it out? Walk me through the process of this. Because that's to me, that's fascinating that you could. Yeah. People are so desperate to either. I don't know for what, because you can't even meet and have sex right now unless you want to. But yeah, risk blowing up your marriage just so that you could have the thrill of talking to someone and or what do you view it as yeah well uh there is somebody that i was talking to who is in the actually their divorce is went through and he was still living at the house with the ex so i was like is he still you know Right. her or what the hell is going on? It was very muddy. So I was like, hey, I'll talk to you like a friend, but I don't want to get involved with you because show me the divorce papers. And he did. He showed me the divorce papers. And then I was like, if you want to continue to talk to me, I, I don't feel comfortable that you're living there, you know? And and no. I was on the, <laughs> on the laptop with him on Zoom, like I'm talking to you now. She's just <laughs> walking in the background, making herself a snack. Like, don't worry about no. it. No, he was like in a room, in a different room. Apparently he's living in that room. I'm not sure if that's true. Let's leave him, right? So so the ex-wife or the whatever uh, opened the door (laughs) and the the laptop went Oh, no, well then you know, well then you know. I know, it is like if- No, 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 I'm not married. I can totally, boom. Come exactly on. it's like if you're not married why why did you do that what what's going on well she still needs to get adjusted to the idea i'm like bitch really uh-huh. yeah and i just wear this wedding ring because i really like uh, <laughs> right i like jewelry yeah yeah i just love gold 24 karat yeah. uh, feels so good especially during this pandemic wow that's amazing uh, i know yeah i'm i'm always amazed by how much people are willing to fuck up something just for the chance to see and i feel like los angeles in general is the capital of the fuck-ups because even you know i'm 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 not sure what age range you date but my favorite thing is finding like these guys who are you know they're like into their 40s their 50s they're just you know they're maybe 10 or 15 years younger than my dad but they act like they're in college still and they're just very yeah wearing just like the ripped jeans and they're you know trying to they're trying so hard to be something that they're not, but you're just, do you constantly deal with that? Or which, what, what's your age range? What, what do you, what do you look for, especially during this? Well, anywhere from 35 to dead, I'm good. (laughs) So he could be a real swinging 80 year old, but if he's got the mojo, you're good. Listen, I don't discriminate with age. The thing is, you know, I don't want anybody. Well, I actually did date somebody in their late twenties. So I really don't describe, I think it's a soul connection, to be honest. Um, It's not about age. The age thing is you had the same references and maybe the same kind of experiences. But I found, like you're saying, you know, guys in their 40s, 50s, or even 60s, they're like immature. And the the guy, yeah, I dated somebody who was 27 and he was way more mature, like an old soul 
than all these other guys. There you go. So yeah, so it really it's it's all about the person and and the the soul and their attitude and their spirit. Yeah. Well, that was a very nice mature response. I thought you were going to really just air some dirty laundry there, but you took the high road. That was very nice. <laughs> so, um First off here, I uh, loved your book, Love at First X. Thank you. Uh, I was reading some things about it that I thought, um, I, I dated a girl briefly. It wasn't a very long or great relationship. I, I should give you a, my thing was, I used to just be drunk all the time and I was on dating apps. I was on like seven or eight dating apps. I wow. uh, briefly went out with like a sex addict. I got blackmailed once on Filipino Cupid by a oh gold digger who had a bunch of nasty videos of me and was trying to get some money out of me or she was going to send stuff to my Facebook friends and family. Um, I uh, briefly went out with a girl named Virgin Lupus, which is the nickname my friends assigned her, which I mean, just I was a real piece of work. But uh, there was one particular thing I was looking at with you that was talking about your exes. And uh, it reminded me of a story that I've talked about here once where it was a Valentine's Day and I had broken up with Virgin Lupus back in like around New Year's. And it was Valentine's Day, and I'm just drinking my sorrows at an arc light. Uh, I'm like four martinis in, and I'm ordering, you know, another shot of Jameson just to get warmed up. And uh, I decided to text her because I'm thinking about all the good times, which you write specifically. Don't think about the good times, and don't start thinking about how much you miss certain little things or asking them, you know, can, can we connect? Like, how are you? Like, and I did all of those things in one night, and it just it was a bad one of her friends was texting back like dude move on leave her alone peace like and i just went off the deep end and just had a total meltdown so what do you find now because oh, my feeling is wait. a lot of people oh did i lose you uh no i okay no now i got you i got you right, for, for a second sorry oh no worries sorry sometimes the zoom gods screw us over but we're good we're good we'll keep going thank you though. in general um, it's pretty good yeah, all right, got it. So um, I feel like right now you have a lot of single people, especially mm -hmm. like in this city, who are, uh, they're lonely, they're scared, and most likely they're craving some type of connection. And I feel like the safest thing for a lot of people is just physical connection. It doesn't, it doesn't take a lot of mental energy to get there, but it makes you feel mm -hmm. safe. It makes you feel good and close to someone. Sure. So what do you say to all these people who are probably going back to the good memory box, even though they shouldn't be. Mm -hmm. And they're starting to text their ex. They're starting to get lonely. They're starting to get, you know, it's been what, uh, like 60 something days now. So if certain yeah. people haven't had sex, they're probably horny as shit. Like yes, they are. People, it's the equivalent of walking around with a, an emotional loaded gun. So what do you say to all these people in the midst of Corona that like, you can't just start doing that because you're going to be even worse off than before. Absolutely. Um, you know, um, yeah, I call it the quarantine thirst, right? Uh, the quarantine thirst. It's uh, craving not only for a physical connection, but you want to connect with people because we, we lose human touch, really. Human everything. It's, it's different to connect on Zoom than to connect in person. And yes, I've had exes calling me, especially my first husband is calling me. And he's questioning, like, why did we get divorced? I don't even remember why. And I'm like, I do remember why. Let me tell you why. <laughs> Here's the book of why we got divorced right here. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, you know, as a friend, he's great. But if I cross the line, then it would be a mess because I would probably lose him as a friend um, or mess things up and confuse things. So, yeah, refrain from going. It's very familiar to go to an ex because you know the drill kind of, you know, emotionally, physically, you know what's up. Yeah. But uh, it might, in some cases, and probably 90% of the cases, mess your life up. Don't let the quarantine thirst get in the way of your happiness. So if I'm understanding you correctly, the metaphor I would use is uh, like if you were stuck at sea on a raft <laughs> yeah, and you're just in the middle of the ocean yeah. and you're thirsty as hell, and you just want to drink some of the salt water because you think it's going to quench your thirst and you think it's going to make everything better. What an effect, it's going to make you sicker. It's going to make you die actually a lot faster. So would you say it's kind of like Corona is like this giant sea that we can't drink from and people are just sitting on these rafts kind of afloat 
just not knowing what the hell to do. I'm trying to find the silver lining here, but I'm not sure if I can find it. I don't know necessarily if there is one, but I'm trying to give people at least some semblance of hope that like, you know, things will get better. I Hopefully yeah. as people yeah. have their quarantine bubbles, whatever they do moving forward. But I think a lot of us, especially in this city, we crave attention and we crave people and their energy. And like, I'm like, thank God I live with someone. Cause I like, she keeps me sane. I'd be bouncing off the walls right now. I think if I wasn't with her, um, but I know that a lot of people aren't that fortunate and they're trying to figure out what to do. So first off, I'm going to recommend uh, get your book. Love it. First Thank act. Because it, was, it was very nice. Like it actually like calmed me a bit just to like read through some stuff because especially wow. now, I don't, I don't know about you. Every once in a while, I'll have just like a mini little panic attack. Just thinking about what's mm -hmm. going on, the situation, the country, my job, things moving forward. Like there's all these questions right now. There's all these variables that we don't have the answer to. Um, uh, yeah, there are all these unknowns, you know? And what I would say is uh, this is a good opportunity for us to go within rather than, you know, rely on the people that surround us. Yes, we need human contact and connection. But if you go within, maybe your priorities might change. And I notice a lot of people are going through that. A lot of my friends are going through it where their priorities have changed and they realize what's really important in life. And I had a friend, actually, she said she's moving to Florida close to her family because she realized that that's what's important to her. This quarantine kind of made her realize that. So use this time to get more within and, and see what you really want, if it aligns with what you're doing. And also be more productive. I think being productive kind of takes attention away from, oops, I can't go out with anybody. I can't have sex. I can't, you know, do all these things that are fun. And I do, you know, when I'm not in quarantine. Yeah. Yeah. And that's what I've chosen to do. And I tell you, it's not only rewarding, but it's also, it has also changed my priorities. And it kind of gave me a peace uh, because I, I was like, do, do, do everything. You know, it's like, I got to do this and plan this and go there and be social. Blah, blah, blah. And I was just overbooking myself and I was exhausted. And now I just, I have so much peace because I can rest. I don't have this, uh, kind of hamster, you know, in a wheel kind of thing going. Yeah. And, um, so I, I'm, I always believe that you can turn anything, the most negative thing, the most rock bottom thing into a positive. So if you have that mentality and that attitude, then this is not going to be a horrible experience. It's going to actually be an experience where you can grow. I love what you said there. That That's something I honestly, uh, I was like, what's the answer? And you're like, no, just look within. Like you have all the answers that you need. You, you yes. don't need to go out. And I think um, it's very true what you said. We're, you know, we're, we're such a busy culture and we're we're constantly like doing this as we're trying to pay attention to what's actually here but we're just stuck in this freaking thing and yeah. that's not happening anymore that's total that's stopped that like we have our screens i'm sure we're all glued to like our tv screens at home or different stuff but we're i feel like because we had to stop the whole you know you, you talk about the hamster on the wheel the whole wheel just spun off it's acts like it's done so as that inches back to some type of normalcy, it'll be interesting to see what people put as a priority because I think what you're saying best is that if, if you put yourself as the priority and if you really just focus on you and if you stay busy, if you get organized, if you, your goals, what do you wanna do? What, like so many people, all I've heard is like, oh my God, you know, for the last five years, I kept saying, well, if I only had three months, if I only had six months, if I only had just a month off, I want to do this, this. And I'm like, well, this is, this is your time. Now you have it. So it's, it's a shitty, horrible, bad funk of a time. Absolutely. A hundred percent. But unfortunately we can't get rid of it by talking about how pissed off we are. So you do have to kind of just, you know, get up every day, put another foot in front of the other and try what you're doing. And uh, that's really great advice because I, um, yeah, I, I really just went back with the X stuff. I just went to Positiveville 
and it just completely spun me out of control and then had me going great what why'd we break up and finally and I remember like the next day I was like oh my god you said all this stuff and you did all the you idiots like you loser so I just couldn't believe I like did all that stuff but um it, it, it is what it is uh so Grace um you talked a little bit before about uh, talking to a married guy in quarantine. Walk us down a memory lane here. Is there one particular date or a relationship in general or just something that you've just kind of wanted to talk shit about but just haven't had the platform? I want to give you that time. Oh, we talked about that date here. Yeah, you, you <laughs> go for it. Whatever you want, blame and throw it. Oh, that's great. Well, my worst uh, relationship experience if you want to know, um, was with uh, somebody who's kind of known and he was a narcissistic abuser. Oh boy. Yeah. So, but you know, the narcissist, what they do is they, they reel you in, right? And so they gain your trust and they flatter you to no end, which I am a sucker for flattery. <laughs> it's like, they call me pretty. I'm like, <laughs> you know, like a puppy dog. Yeah. But, um, so he reeled me in and then when we moved in together nine months after we started dating he completely switched okay because that's what they do it's like a bait and switch right they reel you in they switch they still keep some of that personality that you know when you met them that 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 fun personality but then they switch on you and and they can be triggered by the stupidest shit uh oh yeah like you didn't wash that uh that cup oh why you know you need to wash your cups like wait what (laughs) the fuck is this yeah so that was like the worst and i i do rant about it and i bitch about it and it's been like eight years um broke up eight years ago and since then let me tell you he uh i have ptsd from that and i was unable to have like a relationship longer than maybe 10 months oh man yeah i'm sorry was it um was he like a, a drinker with was like any no. type of substance? So it was just naturally him. Just Yeah, he was a nat- naturally an asshole, yeah. Jesus. Was it kind of yeah. like uh sleeping with the enemy? So like just the seemingly really nice guy and then just was total Jackal and Hyde psycho, yeah. like you didn't hang up the the towels correctly <laughs> and neatly in the order, like yeah. don't, don't you yeah. care about me and these fucking towels? Oh man. Yeah. And yelling at you, it's like a switch, you know. You, you're like, all of a sudden you wake up and, and he found anything. He would be nice maybe for a little bit and then he would find something that I said. And I didn't even know what I said to trigger him. And he would just switch. So that experience really messed me up because my mom, I grew up, my mom, I think, had borderline personality. I'm not sure, but she might have. And she was not taking medications, obviously. So so I, there's that switch, you know, that she used to do, like she was nice and then boom, something triggered her and she would switch on me, which, so I grew up with that. So this experience kind of brought all that up, which in a way was good because I had to deal with it. But in another way, it wasn't great because it's very hard for me to trust, you know, after that experience. Uh, I, I think like the only way that I would be in a, a relationship is with someone that I become friends with first and then trust them so much and see who they really are um, and see that their behavior doesn't change. Yeah. Yeah. And what's then your, what's your time frame then that you have to do you, like, how long do you give someone the psycho test now to make sure? Like, how, 10 years. <laughs> I would have said eight, but you know what? Yeah. You're right. Yeah. It's an extra two. Yeah. yeah. Well, something interesting that you brought up before, uh, the fiance and I are making our way through uh, The Sopranos right now, which I've never seen before, so loving it. But uh, one of the interesting things I find is that um, Tony Soprano, the main guy, he keeps finding women that are reminiscent of his mother, that like, you know, the hard to please, the emotionally abusive, the kind of bipolar. so I'm curious then, do you find that uh, based on your experience that a lot of times if we have issues, unresolved issues, maybe subconsciously, I'm sure with our parents, um, I could be the mom or dad either way, but do you find that if we didn't deal with those appropriately as we got older, we still tend to seek it and find it as adults. And then we kind of go, why am I still going after this type of 
person or somebody like, but do you, do you find the answer tends to lie in our parents? Oh, a hundred percent. I think there's two facets to it. First of all, we are attracted to those people because it's familiar to us. So see, so for example, with this guy, uh, his anger and jealousy to me was, oh, he loves me. <laughs> How fucked up is that? Okay. Yeah. Well, at least you're, at least, you know, now at least, you know, and you can, you know, give someone else the blueprint to save some time. But yeah, yeah it's funny though, how we do that. Right. They're like, oh, like, like if someone gets that crazy or fucked up, yeah. If you're not, you're like, oh, they must really care about me. Like, look how <laughs> they're going. Like, I clearly hit something. If they didn't care, they would have just yeah. walked away. Like that's why we like they didn't abuse me or they weren't terrible. Then obviously I didn't do the right thing because they right. they wouldn't have cared enough to to go. Isn't that terrible? Yeah, and I think a lot of people grow up in. A, in some kind of abusive environment, you know, whether they realize it or not, because mm. just being human, dysfunctional to the very least, you know, the dysfunctional environment. Uh, but the other thing I was going to tell about relationships, first of all, you know, we're attracted because it's familiar. And then I think subconsciously, we also seek those people because we want to heal our wounds. And so these people bring up all those wounds and you can see them and you're like, oh shit, I better start sewing this, you know, and putting some disinfectant here and, and just, you know, so I become whole again because, uh, you know, it's, it's kind of like an attraction and a, a, to the familiar and a healing desire to heal. I think there's always a subconscious desire in everything we do. That's interesting. Yeah, that you would bring up the same type of conflict, but maybe then it's easier to deal with a person your own age instead of this domineering presence, like your parent, which sometimes is too hard to deal with because when you're with them, it's like you're a little kid all over again. So it's really hard. Like for me, yeah. every time I go back to Cleveland, I always feel like I'm 15. Like <laughs> I always feel like I need to ask my parents for a ride. Like I can't get somewhere. <laughs> yeah, own. right. And like, I'm not allowed to drink and like, you know, I'm not, you know, I'm always like, oh, like what? Like I always, after a couple of days, you know, they'll start talking to me again, like, like I'm in high school again. You know, it's a very, it's funny how we kind of slide back into a similar feeling, but um, that's very interesting. Yeah. That if you don't, if you don't figure that out, you keep finding it. And then especially, I feel like now, um, yeah, to still seek especially right now where you don't know what's going on or who's out there, different people. It's got to be even crazier. Completely. And it's, you know, a lot of people come with baggage and uh, uh, what happens is a lot of guys I notice react emotionally and I am beyond that right now because of the experience I went with this through with this guy. It was like everything was emotional and there was no reasoning. And so when I see somebody who is reacting emotionally, it's like, okay, let me step back. Okay. I'm not going to engage in this emotional, you know, clusterfuck. Yeah. And I'm going to step back. I'm going to think about it. I'm going to try to calm my anger or my fear, or whatever I'm feeling. I'm going to think about it and then I'll go and talk to you. But the problem is sometimes the other person is not ready and they're still hang up on the unforgiveness and the anger and the fear and so I think that as you become healthier and you're healing you need to find somebody who is also um, at that point in their life where they've healed a lot of stuff and they're still healing so that you can talk to them rationally rather than reactively does that make sense Yes, I think talking rationally is one of the things I had to learn most uh, because I would always be, I was, I think, just sensitive growing up and I was one of those actors that, you know, some of those kids doing a lot of musical theater. And if you've ever <laughs> seen musical theater kids in high school, I wasn't one of those singing at lunch, but, you know, it's all, it's very incestuous, especially like in college, everyone's screwing everybody and it's all very messy, but it's all very like, you don't know what this means. And you're like, you know, <laughs> right. you know what the hell's out there? You're fine. Calm down. But, um, yeah, definitely. It's it's a very reactive. I think that's very important to look at things objectively. With you know, that's also that's also just one of the hardest things to do because I feel like right away I always want to react with emotion. I want to just yeah. like wear the heart on the sleeve, be right there, feel as much as you can. Um, I happen to be with a person who I feel like is the opposite of that in many ways, so it's caused nice. me to 
rethink my tactics and how I would usually deal with, I think, conflict in the past because whereas I might have dated actresses who love shouting matches or like, you know, the 2 a.m., oh, you know what, another thing and another thing. Uh, <laughs> she, didn't, she wouldn't feed it. She, she would just go, uh, I'm gonna peace out right now. Why don't you deal with it? And then I'd be like, what? And I love like, it. You don't have to do all of this. Is this bullshit? Yeah, totally. This yeah. facade, like, just talk and talk what you want to talk about. She's like, because when you, <laughs> you know, get just, it's like yeah. I, I'm not gonna deal with you. And it totally, it made me kind of go, oh wow, like I, I had to kind of change. I feel like I changed a lot of certain things in my life because she, she made me better because I wasn't allowed to do my old crap. It didn't work anymore. The old bag of tricks were gone. Mm -hmm. So um, I offer that to people out there. If you still, if you're finding yourself going after the same person, maybe again and again, uh, I don't know, find someone who gives you a different answer like, or something that you're not used to. Because then I feel like when you have to change, when you have to grow, uh, you kind of start looking back at what you used to do and you're like, I was an idiot. Like, why was I even? I know, right? Yeah. <laughs> Same here. Yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm an actress too. So I like screaming matches and I grew up with a screaming match person. You know, it's like. You're from Argentina. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, yeah. I'm Latina. I'm three quarters Italian. You know, my, that's my heritage. Oh, there we go. Yeah. So of course. You were born. Yeah. Being okay. loud and screaming is like an everyday thing, but uh, not, not cool. Not <laughs> you're trying to have a well-adjusted relationship. So, uh, the guy you were with before, uh, I'm going to call him sleeping with the enemy. Um, <laughs> I love that. <laughs> yeah, that, that could be next chapter. That's Take great. It. I give ideas to every guest, Grace. That's yours. Um, Thank you. Know, you. So, uh, how long did that last? How long did that whole thing from beginning to end, what was it? exactly three years 2009 to 2012 and it was wow now don't get me wrong when it was magical it was incredible but absolutely those moments were like getting fewer and and more in between you know it was more like let's say three days of bliss and then four days of torture you know and then two days of bliss and five days of torture you know and then torture and and it's like you you engage in that energy and that vibe, you know, and the anger and the fear. And, and it's just, you feel like you, I, I told him at some point, you won. And I was like, why am I telling him that? Mm -hmm. Because he defeated me because I was, you know, first I was fighting. I was getting to his level and fighting with the anger and the fear. And then it's like, you know, you won because I really am tired of this bullshit and just fighting and and triggering you without me knowing what I did, you know, because if you, if I trigger someone and they tell me, please don't do that or don't say that because it triggers me, then I'll be like, oh, cool, no problem. But with this dude, it was like anything could trigger him. My my curly hair could trigger him. And I'll be like, what the fuck? That's my hair. You yeah, know? that's it. <laughs> There's nothing yeah. I can do about it. So. I hope he had a sister. <laughs> a sister, him? Just someday if I want to take a trip through hell. Exactly. This family. Yeah, right? That's yeah, funny. well, he was much older than me, too. So I'm not I'm not going to say any more because people are going to know. Got it. Uh, he was an actor, too. So, whew, drama, drama, drama. Well, Grace, you're here now. And you're doing well and you're quite lovely. So Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate it. Of course. Uh, all right. So we got some bad dates there. Uh we obviously heard uh, about some red flags, which brings us to our next segment here, red flags. And how does red flags work, you might ask? Well, I have these handy dandy little cards, Grace, and I'm gonna read you three red flags. Now, typically you might have a different answer for which one you're not gonna deal with, but I wanna put this under the microscope now or through the uh, view of uh, quarantine. Which okay. one of these are you not gonna put up with for one second okay. in quarantine? Is a revenge porn mogul, might be interesting. <laughs> Maybe you can uh, do some stuff with exes that have been yeah. <laughs> This one might be fun. Swears they're 18. You don't tell, I won't. And <clears throat> for as long as you date them, all your friends will hate you. Now keep in mind, this is during quarantine, so you probably wouldn't be seeing many of your friends anyway. 
But we have, for as long as you date them, all your friends will hate you. Swears they're 18, jailbait, and is a revenge porn mogul. Ah, fantastic. Clearly a feminist. Which one is just not going to jive with you for quarantine? You know, the swears they're 18, because if they're not... And I would never even date an 18-year-old, you know? Really? So, I, I went on a couple dates once with an 18-year-old. Just to you see, did? Just to see what it was like. Um, I get why people do it. Yeah. Because uh, they're very young and impressionable, and they want to please you. There's yeah. no uh, there's no conflict, really. There's no real relationship. You don't have a partner. You just have someone that is, I would say... I don't, you, I didn't mean to do this. I don't think anyone does, but when you're older, it's much easier to manipulate the situation because you've been around more and you know how things go. Uh, when you're younger, you just feel cool that you're at the big kids table to, you know, use that old pun. So you kind of just want to do whatever so that you're there. But after a while you're like, this isn't, ugh, I just feel skeezy. It's not even, yeah. it's not, uh, but again, uh, okay. So swears they're 18. You're not going to deal with that in quarantine. No, that's not gonna... never. Not even in in non quarantine. I'm not. What's the youngest you would consider dating? You said 27 before. Probably. Well, he was kind of like that 18 year old. You know, kind of like would do anything. And yeah, that's kind of weird to me. It's really fun to hook up. You can't really have a relationship. That's only no. Yeah. Like create some stuff that you've always wanted to do that you know your ex didn't want to do, and then you know find the 18 year old. Date them. Yeah. And <laughs> Um, but then check, that's where it ends. Check, check right? Yeah, check, check, check. All right, yeah, I did it. Bye, bitch. <laughs> Thank you for everything. Yeah. yeah. There's something emotional here. I'm not feeling very good. Yeah, you know. Yeah. But. Yeah, probably the lowest age would be 35, I would think, because I feel like men kind of start maturing. Um, so yeah, 35 would be the lowest I would go. Okay. Well, by yeah. your calculations, then I have one more year before I start to become really mature and smart. <laughs> I look forward to that. And next time, in case if I'm having an argument with the fiance, I'll just say, hey, according to Grace, 35 <laughs> is when everything's going to pick up. Just, just bear with me. Just go with me on this journey. You know, That's right. Say something like that. Um, beautiful. Well, ne next up, uh, we have a version of F. Mary Kill that we like to call date dump divorce, because why not? So date dump divorce, I'm gonna give you three guys, and because uh, you're a relationship uh, relationship expert, excuse me, I picked famous, um, famous exes from TV. So uh, I don't want you to consider the actor, I actually want you to consider the character. Uh, okay. Which of these guys would you date dump divorce? First one, Ross from Friends, famous ex. Next up, uh, you ever watch Gilmore Girls? Luke, another no, ex. I never, I never watch it. Oh, well, Luke is basically this uh, mid-40-something guy who, um, let's see, he owns a diner. Uh, he always wears like a baseball cat, cap and a plaid shirt. Uh, he's good with fixing stuff. He's sweet, but in the end, he ruined his relationship because he focused on his new daughter that he didn't know about, and he didn't focus on his bride-to-be, and they fell apart because he was trying to uh, I think just burned the candle at both ends family wise. And he could only put his attention one place and it went to his daughter. Okay. So that's Luke. And then finally, uh, Michael Scott, of course, from the office portrayed by the wonderful Steve Carell, just the doofus boss of nowhere. Um, <laughs> so you have your Ross Geller, you have Luke from Gilmore girls and you have Michael Scott. You got to date one, you got to divorce one and you got to dump the other. Oh, take your time. There's no um, answer. I would date the Gilmore Girls uh, guy because I kind of like that he's busy and focusing on his daughter. Yeah. Um, okay. So because I am very busy, so that would not, it wouldn't be somebody that'd be like, uh, oh, you know, I can't see you and I'm so upset. You know, it's like once or twice a week, I'm good. I'll see you, you know, so I'll date him. Um, dump. Uh, probably Ross. He kind of gets on my nerves. And... So annoying, especially in the <laughs> earlier seasons. 
I feel like he, I mean, he was so funny towards the end, but uh, he'd be kind of annoying, you know? Yeah. Ross always has to be right. Yeah. He's always got to correct you and he's kind of condescending. So I feel like he would go, well, Grace, actually the real, and you'd be like, all right, come on. Yeah, like, no, forget it. I don't have time for that shit. No. Yeah. Thanks. Yeah. <laughs> and the, uh, the office guy, I <laughs> probably marry a goofy person like that oh yeah uh, and then divorce him and then divorce him yeah yeah probably that's probably my younger self would marry somebody like that and then divorce him oh there you go yeah i think michael scott would be fun he's a good yeah, he would be fun but yeah. that'd be a great divorce he'd be just a great he'd probably have dwight you know be his lawyer he tried to <laughs> shit and, stuff. and then yeah Oh, that'd be absolutely fantastic. So, uh, Grace, um, right now, obviously, I'm I'm going to tell everybody after this to go out and get your book. Uh, but you what, do you, what do you tell to prospective people who are looking for things to read right now? They're looking to better their lives. They suddenly have a lot more free time on their hands. Why specifically go to Love at First X? Why is this the thing that people, men and women, should check out right now? I loved it. Uh, to me, it, it really helped calm, uh, I, like, the older voice in my head that was super insecure and just mm -hmm. running around and trying to be so busy that he couldn't stop and actually focus on what he wanted to do. Um, but what's your take on it, and why do you tell people to pick it up, especially now? Well, with the quarantine, um, I think people can uh, change the lifestyle because if you're living with someone, then you realize I get along great or I can't stand this person. You know, we're not, because you're like all together all the time. Mm -hmm. So, um, so yeah, I would say uh, if you are thinking about breaking up, yes, my book is going to help you uh, make a decision. Uh, and also if you break up, it, it kind of guides, my book guides you through the steps, you know, like, you're about to break up, different styles of breakup. You're in the middle of the breakup. What, you know, what is the best way to do things and what is not the, a good way to do things? I have a lot of do's and don'ts okay. uh, in the book. So that's actually good because uh, it's like uh, Whitney Cummings said on her podcast, I think like two or three weeks ago, she's like, I got a lot of people writing in about their relationship or they're <laughs> fighting a lot more and they want to know. And she's like, um, so you're probably going to break up She's like, a lot of people are breaking up right now. <laughs> yeah. They're just, they weren't counting on this or, you know, they were just living together for a few months and this freaking curveball's thrown at them and they're like, fuck this. I'm going to go, you know, I'm going to move back home with my parents or try something for a little <laughs> bit. But yeah, I think a lot of people have reached, I, I, yeah, it's bad enough you're dealing with the pandemic. It's bad enough you don't know if your job is going to be here or not, where your next paycheck is going to come from. But to also have the realization that, oh shit, I got to break up with this person. Like I'm not, I'm really with the wrong person. Now, granted, maybe you're doing it now. Maybe you're doing it before, like, you know, there's kids and there's like, you know, joint checking accounts and everything's really, you know, linked together. Uh, but yeah, that there's, I, I didn't even, yeah. You give so much advice about breaking up. That's absolutely on point. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate that. Yeah. So if you're, you know, thinking about breaking up or you're going to do it, my book is going to really help you for real. Absolutely. I wrote it after two breakups. I had a breakup with that guy we talked about. And then I had my rebound guy who's a really cool guy and we're still friends. And we dated for about 10 months. Uh, he was the perfect rebound guy. He was, uh, you know, super chill and very non-emotional um, reactive. So he, he really helped, help me through that. You know, having a good rebound actually is really good. I highly recommend it. Rebounds people are like, Oh no, don't get in a rebound. Yes, actually it is good. And sometimes you can develop a relationship, you know? Yeah. Uh, but so I wrote this book after two breakups and I was heartbroken. So I really got inside my, my soul and, and I was, you know, just, what worked, what didn't work, what should I do, what I shouldn't do. So I really wrote it from a place of uh, realness. I mean, it's as raw and real as it can be. Uh, I have a actually a quick question for you. I had a really good friend who, uh, he was an old work buddy of mine, and there was a 
a female coworker, and she was with a guy that she was dating for many years. And my friend just pined away for her, just was waiting for this relationship to end. And lo and behold, it finally did end. She was done. She breaks it off. And he was chomping at the bit to get in there. And they were kind of having this flirty energy going around. And everyone said, they're like, don't, don't go in right now. Like, just let, she's been like off the market for three years. Let her, let her, you know, just have some meaningless sex with people and just relax and go to the beach. And like, you know, don't go in right now. And he went in and they had like this two week, just completely exploded, blew up. At first it was amazing. And then it just died. And then they, they've never talked again. Uh, so I'm curious because your rebound works so well. Why is that? Um, I think because he knew he was a rebound and he accepted it. And I would call him like at two in the morning sometimes. <laughs> I call him one, once at two in the morning. I knew he was awake, right? and crying because my ex was already dating somebody. Yeah, I was dating, but I was heartbroken that he was dating somebody that he met while he was with me. And so he listened to me and he was there for me. And that's, I think, why it worked for me. And, and for him, you know, I'm sure I gave him a lot of uh, things that he was looking for at the time. Uh, so it really worked. Um, we didn't really fight. And uh, we just got along. We still, like I said, we're still friends and we, you know, we manage to remain friends and not be mad at each other or have hard feelings. So sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. It depends on the person and the chemistry. That's interesting. You said keyword, he knew he was the rebound. I'm pretty sure yeah. my friend was hoping he would be Prince Charming. Yeah. So yeah. hence, there's your answer. Um, Fantastic. Well, uh, I want to say a quick couple things here before uh, I ask you one more question. First off, just a little plug. Um, as some of you know, I work at this wonderful handy dandy theater where I happen to meet uh, my future wife, the Geffen Playhouse. And they have this amazing show right now, The Present, with Helder Guimares. It's a magic show done via Zoom. Just like if you have Zoom, you can see the show. It's absolutely brilliant. Uh, they send you a mystery box to your home and you get to participate and be a part of the magic. And Helder, it's literally like you're in the room with him because he's doing stuff with you. It is so cool. I just want to recommend it to everybody. They just extended it through August. Uh, if you're looking for a date to do, maybe you're talking to someone and you want to have like a first date experience, but you're not quite comfortable meeting in person yet, um, get tickets for this show. It's selling out. It's love literally it. coming out so fast, but the present, Helder Guimaraes, can't say enough. Uh, absolutely love it. Um, and I think anyone out there, if you're looking for something different, if you're looking for a way to stay connected, magic somehow makes me feel great. Like my mm -hmm. fiance is always, we're talking a lot about Harry Potter right now. I don't know why when things are kind of grim, magic just makes everything a little better. Uh, number two, just want to say a quick shout out to one of my favorite ladies uh, in the world ever of all time, my mom, because it's her birthday today. Happy birthday, mom. I love you so much. You're in Cleveland, Ohio. I hope you're having a giant jug of Chardonnay and enjoying time with dad. Um, just want to say happy birthday, and I look forward to seeing you and hugging you again uh, very soon, hopefully. Um, and uh, yes, on top of that, um, Grace, uh, one last question here for you. Yeah. Um, if you, let's say there's a room, right? Uh, like we're in the TV show Lost and there's a room that you can enter in and you're going to come face to face with your 18 year old self. Ooh. You have 90 seconds. What do you tell her? Stop thinking you're ugly and fat. Stop having low self-esteem. Value yourself, know your value. That's not being egotistical, that's being realistic and knowing what you bring to the table uh, in any type of relationship. Um, continue to be intelligent and question things. Never accept anything anybody tells you as the truth. Um, always keep reading and researching anything that. Uh, that is causing you to doubt. If you have doubts about anything, just use your brain and your heart and figure it out. 90 seconds off. <laughs> okay, keep working out, girl, because let me tell you, 
your body's going to go to shit, okay? If you think you're ugly and fat now, you watch when you get to be my age, okay? Trust. Stop it. You're beautiful, Grace. You're beautiful, and I won't hear otherwise on my show. Well, thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, eat healthy, exercise. That's the key to a, a, a clean body and a clean soul, I think. Um, always vibrate on love, peace, and joy. Don't engage in anger and fear. Elevate yourself from anger and fear and just even love your enemies. That's the biggest lesson in life, I think, to love your enemies. That's the hardest shit to do, but you can do it. Jeez. I'm going to need some time for that last one, Grace, but I really appreciate it. <laughs> I know. It took I me a long time. <laughs> Maybe yeah. in the next decade. Um, all right. Well, Grace Fraga, your book is Love at First X. And uh, what are your handles? Where can people find you? What do you have coming out that you want people to check out? Sure. Uh, they can uh, follow me on Facebook. I have a page. Uh, I'm maxed out on the friends. So um, Grace Fraga, just my name. Then I have a book website, I mean, a page that's Love at First X by Grace Fraga. I have like what I call love drops and I always drop some advice on love. Cool. Uh, on Twitter, uh, it's Grace Fraga and my handle on IG is Grace Fraga Comedy. Beautiful. Grace Fraga, I wanna thank you very much for being an absolutely wonderful guest today. Thank you. Uh, I would just like to end this show the way I end all of them, just with a little quote about love. I love it. Here we go. Dating is getting woken up at 6 a.m. by your fire alarm and tripping over yourself barefoot as you try and grab the cat and leave as soon as possible. Dating in LA, same thing, only the fire department leaves after they say there's no fire, but your fire alarm keeps blaring the rest of the day. <laughs> may or may not be based on actual events. Ladies and gentlemen, Grace Brock has been my guest today. This is Horribly Hollywood Single. I am Adam Carr reminding you all, stay horrible, stay single. Hey, we don't judge. Our founder, Kevin Undergaro, and me, Maria Menunos, would like to thank you for tuning in to AfterBuzz TV. Remember, we're not just the first, we're the biggest in the world, and we're the only destination for all your favorite TV shows. Whatever you crave, we've got it. So go to AfterBuzzTV.com and check out our lineup. Buzz you later. <laughs> the views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals.